Welcome to Biker Life Radio with Chuck and Deb, heard each Wednesday afternoon on 1490 AM, WWPR. And now, here's Chuck and Deb. Hi, I'm Chuck. And Deb. And welcome to Biker Life Radio. We're so truly grateful and thankful that you've joined us today. Of course, we have a fantastic show lined up just for you. Biker Life Radio is for those who ride and those who inspire to ride. We are here to reveal the truth behind the motorcycle mystique and bring real life stories of the biker lifestyle. All right, and you have some sponsors we'd like to acknowledge. And before we get started, let me just say that we do have some sponsors, or from time to time, that may be we may be affiliates from. So that means if you do purchase any products on this show, we may earn a small commission, which actually goes to help the show. So we hope that you'll find some of our products interesting and valuable. Today's show sponsor is Tony and Guy Hairdressing Academy out of Colorado Springs, Colorado and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So if you're ready to crank up your engines, chins in the wind, knees in the breeze, seats in the saddle, then hang on and let's get rolling. Let's get rolling. All right. We've got some fans, it looks like, today. It does. I'm so excited (laughs) because we've got a great show lined up. Yeah, we actually really do. There's a, it's going to be a fantastic show. And uh, we just want to, you know, say hey to everybody. You know, we have all been stuck inside for, I don't know, a week or so now. How, about a week, week or so, Deb? We have been. I mean, the days just week. sort of goes. Uh, it has been a, probably a week. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't really matter. No. You know, there's some people that say I'm locked up and I'm in jail and I'm, you know, whatever. I'm really enjoying the downtime where I don't have to worry about going anywhere, doing anything, being any place, and any of that fun stuff. So. Yeah, it's actually been pretty nice, pretty relaxing, and kick back. We still have to uh, we have work outside of the radio show, so that's where we have to prepare for people and keep people safe, and that's that's our job duties. So that can be rather stressful, but hanging out at home. It's been pretty cool, hasn't it, Deb? It's we, been we, great. we haven't really gotten in any fights or anything that I can recall that, that I have lost anyway or that you <laughs> have won. No, that's true. I don't win, and I'm right there doing it with you. So, you know, I, we have a great time. We have fun in the house um, just hanging out, doing what we do. And so keeping busy, doing lots of great work, and, and I'm loving it. It is actually we we are getting a lot done. Yes, I mean you know we're not sitting around. We never sit around and twiddle our fingers or our thumbs or anything like that. Uh, we're always doing something and keeping busy. And we hope that you folks out there. I I was telling Deb the other day. I I would feel for you guys that have uh, small children at home right. and families. I think that 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 would be extra tough on you guys. Add some extra stress in your life, and you've got the kids that you've got to watch out for and care for, and uh, you got to keep them busy. I mean you know kids get rambunctious especially when they're locked up in the house. So just know that our thoughts and prayers are with you on that because you probably need that a little bit. Right. I was talking to someone yesterday, a mom that has three young small children. And so what I was telling and recommending to her is just be sure and take a nice hot, warm bath at the end of the evening because it's very well deserved at this time. Just relax, unwind, and kick back. Chill out. Now's a good time to do a lot of things. As a matter of fact, we're working on a product. Uh, that's what we've been working on that we think actually suits, uh, you know, what's going on right now and can help people, you know, maybe change where they're at. You know, there's, right. you know, people are a lot of people out of jobs, which, uh, which is very unfortunate, but we're optimistic. We're very optimistic about when the economy comes back. When we are able to get out of the house and get back to work, we're excited about that. We're optimistic about that. And we actually don't think that this is going to last as long we've been really you know hoping i mean the the problem with it is is you do get a little bit frustrated when you can't get the right message it's like wishy-washy messages all the time right and so i can understand where somebody might get a little bit frustrated that it's like we're not getting everything we're not we don't know everything we need to know and it's like the people that need to know they don't know right and it's it that's what maybe causes a little bit of frustration so we can understand that a little bit but we're going to come out of this this is this is you know we're tough i mean we're this too shall pass it will all work out just fine no doubt yep we are truly a resilient country and a, a resilient people and although it's uncomfortable because we're going into places that it's new for all of us you know if we just stick together and keep working on getting the solution and as everybody keeps talking about doing our part to make things better then you know what we're all going to be great when it all comes down to it and we just got to keep the faith that that's going to happen and that's what we're doing here 
Yeah, we're, we're actually making the best of it. We hope that you and your family are making the best of it. There's a lot of things that you could be doing right now. I know I've seen a lot of people out in the yard doing some yard work and things like that. So we're all for that. I mean, this is a time like we talked about last week with Brian. It's an opportunity to maybe do some reflection and to maybe redefine and reinvent yourself. And so it's a good time to be doing some, some interpersonal work, if you ask me. Uh, it's a good time to do some reflection. Right. Um, you know, they got a lot of time to do that. And it's a lot. It's also uh, a really prime opportunity time to drink a lot. Well, maybe if you enjoy that. But the other thing I think is, is that, you know, sometimes we get so caught up in the day-to-day life of living and families and busy families and with children and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, that hobby or that task that you got rid of, if you stopped journaling, if you stopped reading, if life just got really hectic, now's the time to redefine not only who you are, but where you want to go when this all gets back into to full motion, because it is, you know, anytime there's a major circumstance in life, whether it's a layoff or downsize or, you know, what we're going through right now with this pandemic, it's time to reflect. It's time to p- maybe pick a new choice, pick a new direction and figure out what's best for you and where you want to be. Yeah, I go. think it's a prime opportunity. If you've lost your job, don't look on the negative side of it. Look on the positive side of it. You've got uh, so many days throughout this month. I mean, because they're looking at this 30 day quarantine. So you've got till the rest of the month to actually formulate a plan you can actually maybe decide you don't want a job maybe you want to work less and ride more and (laughs) and and so you know think of it you know have a positive outlook on everything yeah it can be tough it can be frustrating it can be confusing Uh, but don't let that get to you you know there's a lot of things that you can do to actually make a, a turn a positive outlook on everything and number one is to keep busy like you said journaling is one way Deb there's many different ways that we can actually express ourselves rather than keeping it all in and all bottled up because there's a lot that you can do around the house many things that can be done. So um, we've got a, what's, what's really neat is we've got a really neat guest that's coming on right here right now. And he puts it in really good perspective for us. So what we're going to do is get started. We want you to stay through to the entire show because we've got uh, Dutch with raw and unapologetic coming up and we'll wrap things up at the end, but you want to hear all of the show. So stay tuned. My gears are cranked up into high gear today because we have an extremely special guest that has such a varied background. Um, Steve will be joining us here in just a moment on the line. But the one thing that I absolutely think is phenomenal about Steve, and this is what I remember, I call him Steve the Greek. Right. And the reason is, is because the one ride we did years ago that was really kind of the signature of meeting Steve the Greek Mm -hmm. is that he took us on a great Ride Now, I'm not just saying great ride. It was a great beach ride from our location all the way up the beach to Tarpon Springs to have this phenomenal fish meal. And I remember him very vividly. Greek Greek, It was a Greek restaurant. And he was telling us about this one particular meal that he gets, a fish. And, And I just remember the detail of that. So, Steve, are you on the line with us? Yes, I am. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're so glad to have you on the show. Welcome, Steve. I'm glad. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And that was a that was a great ride. Oh, it, it, it actually, Steve, it's my favorite ride. It's one that I would do to this day that I loved so much. I love that entire ride. How we went all the way up to the all the way up the beach and uh, just had a great lunch and just a great time all together. But fantastic ride. And again, one of my favorites. And you led the ride. Uh huh. Oh yes. And you can't hang out with Greeks and not have a good time and, and or a good meal. <laughs> and we so. found that out. Found that to be very true. <laughs> Absolutely right, boy. We know firsthand. Now, the Greek restaurant, if you'll remind me the name of it, because I know it's your favorite up in that area. Well, we went to two different trips up there. Did you go to both trips or just one? I think we did both. Uh, Well, I'm thinking we only did the first trip. We were unable to make the second trip. But I think you went to the one where we ate at Kostas. Okay, yes, probably. Yes. Yeah, Kostas. And, of course, one of my favorite things to get when I go to a Greek restaurant is the whole fish. Right. And they uh-huh. boil it, and it's delicious. And I always make sure it faces my wife because she can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I like to live on the edge. So, uh, <laughs> but that's normally what I get. You really need to eat with us and eat what we call a maze. That is when we go and one person will order a bunch of things and maybe three different waves of food. And we all share. And your palate just dances the whole time. We get to eat a little bit of everything. And that's a fun way that we eat. 
Uh, but normally when we go with a group, everyone wants their own food. You know, it's mine, 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 all mine. Uh, but, uh, traditionally, how we eat in Greece, we just get a bunch of stuff and we'll share. Just kind of share, put it all on the table, and everyone just kind of grab and pick and share. I love oh, yes. that concept. Oh, that's yeah. a that's a great way to yeah. do it and try a little bit of everything. So fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. looking at your meal saying, okay, it was it looked amazing, but I just don't know that I could do the whole fish too. So I'm going to share it on that one. But you can make <laughs> well, it look yes- at me. It doesn't bother me. Well, I rem- well, yesterday yesterday I made my authentic Greek sauce that took me three trips to Greece to learn how to make from my father. So I've got, a, I've got one for you put aside. Uh, Excellent. I had a dice. I had a dice full of tomatoes myself. It took me six hours to make it. Wow! And uh, oh I just, I just love cooking uh, Greek food. It's a lot of fun. And I've been there eleven times. So when I, when I cook Greek food, I'm also going by memory of being there and experiencing it. And it is an experience, which is what you're talking about with that bike ride. We had a great time. Yep, it was a great time. I actually even remember asking you, Steve, what should I order? Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think I did get a fish. I don't know if, uh, which, what type of fish, but I did get a fish, and I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't you, remember you know, it uh, so long ago. but Yeah, and one of the things we order is called octopusy, which is an octopus, that's Greek for octopus. Oh. And I, I tell you, my, my daughter, my youngest daughter, she loved octopus. To this day, if you ask her what her favorite food is, she'll say octopus. Hmm. And when she was man, about three years old, I'll never forget, we just bought her an ice cream cone. We were in Neapoli, right on the water where my father's village is. Nice. And my my daughter had an ice cream cone. She took her first bite. And then we would have ouzo and octopus, you know, maybe an hour before dinner. Mm. And the waiter came and put the octopus, little dish of octopus with lemon and a couple toothpicks right on the table. And she threw her ice cream on the ground and took her hand, grabbed as much octopus as you can shove in her mouth. <laughs> but it's a very unique way of making it. And of course, I know how to make it that way, the way they make it on the streets in Greece. Oh. Uh, and it, it takes a while to learn how to cook these things, but it's hard to get the right octopus around here. The only place I can get it is Tarpon Springs. Mm. Because, wow. you, yeah, you have two types of octopus. One is gray and one is a little bit reddish. The gray is on the sand. And if it's got a little reddish on the tentacles, then it's it's from the rocks, and that's the more flavorful octopus. Mm. Anyway, I'll talk all day about well, food. That's I don't great. Want to you can up. talk all day. That's I amazing. So t- I, I <laughs> want to kind of just take a you know kind of put it in reverse because we don't have yeah. reverse on our motorcycles. But you know, if we could, let's take a step back. How did you get so interested and intrigued? Obviously, it's in the culture, you know, but yeah. not everybody kind of just grabs onto all of that. So, how did you get started with that? Well, I come from a very bad childhood, and my mother and father it was an arranged marriage. My father was not supposed to have children. And then he was chased 17 states uh, by immigration. It's a very long story, but, wow. but we, we live with my mother. And I actually uh, hated my father uh, when I was a kid because we were poor. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older, I decided I needed a relationship with him. And I built a relationship with him. I, have a, I had a great relationship with him. Uh, but by doing that, I started pursuing my heritage because there was something about my heritage that I always liked. Uh, but I couldn't pinpoint it. Then the first time I went to Greece, I literally stepped off the plane. In Greece, you you know, it's kind of weird. My wife was not up. She was not happy because they had tanks with guys, machine guns, uh, patrolling the runway, and, and you get off on the tarmac. So she wasn't a happy camper that first trip there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I stepped foot on Greek soil, something happened to me, and I can't explain it. <laughs> I love that because I I have felt that way one time in my life, and I was by myself. Chuck wasn't with me, and I was I've tried to explain that to him, and yeah. you know he's from the south, and there was we lived in the south, and when I went back for the first time years and years and years later, there was mm-hmm. almost a chill through my spine as I got off. It's it's almost like you just know your home. It's life changing. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. I, I, I get it. I, and I've been there 11 times. I would like to go to northern Greece. I've been to southern Greece 11 times. I know it very well. I've been to many islands. But I like to go to Thessaloniki. And, you know, it's funny. I, I always said I would love to take my Harley over there and just oh, yeah. ride all over the Baltic Peninsula and then go over into Italy, uh, hit Florence and then Sicily and Rome. Uh, but I don't know if I want to ship my bike over there. Uh, and I don't know if I want to become a monument over there. You'll notice there's a lot of monuments along the, the roads there. Mm-hmm. And that's for people dying. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I, I, I could talk for hours all kinds of stories and stuff that happened over there. Well, that's you know, wonderful. But, but, yeah. That's that's the exciting stuff I think about having you on the show is that you've got all of that diversity to share with us. So yeah, and uh, yeah. I would still keep it on the bucket list. Heck, you never know, right? That's right. Well, I'm thinking well, that maybe yeah. we need to go with him and yeah, go to that I, Italy. I, so we need well, to get to Sicily for well, you, Chuck. So yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? I tell people if you go to Greece as a tourist, 
you're not really going to see Greece. Right. right. If you go to if you go there with somebody who knows it mm-hmm. uh, and can take you to where the, the tourists don't go, that's when you really feel it. I and mean, we we would find beaches that were secluded, oh, yeah. had a little taverna there, uh, you know, and you just you just enjoy it. Of course, everything is clothing optional there, you know, uh, <laughs> in the beaches. And uh, you know, of course, I don't look. You know, but, of course uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> and if you didn't, I think you're nuts. So anyway, <laughs> uh, but but um, and and some of the food you get. I mean, I remember being uh, at my father's place, and two o'clock in the morning, the fishermen would be knocking on the gate, and they would come in with a catch, and he's okay, take it down to Anthony's, and they take it, break that poor guy up, and next you know, we were having that for dinner that night. Uh, I mean, the food over there is just unbelievable. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's a neat, neat story, though, that really connected you to your roots and and created a passion yeah. that you never even knew existed. Yeah. So I think that's phenomenal. Yes, yes. And now, and, and I, of course, I was in a geek band for a while uh, because I'm a per- percussionist and a drummer, and uh, I love the dance, Greek dancing. I, I, I say I'm like Elvis. I hear Greek music, my legs just go. <laughs> and and, and uh, you know, usually at the, the festival, the Greek festival here in Sarasota, I'm there all four days and nights, and uh, I just love it. You know, it, it's a, it, it's it's my weekend, and uh, I go there and I enjoy my friends and dance and have a great time. When is that normally, Steve? Because that's the first I've heard of it. I've never even it, heard of it. Uh, yeah, it's always the second weekend in in uh, February. Okay, always. So we missed it, now so we we missed it this year. year. Goodness, almost. Yeah, yeah, Next I was there. Yeah, I usually bartend because uh, the the guys know, and if I hear the song that I like, I do a dance with some people's choreographed. It's called a tapical. When that song comes on, I'm out of it. I'm you know just stay out of my way, make a path to the dance floor because I'm on my way. <laughs> <laughs> was that at the, around about the same time that Thunder by the Bay was happening when we saw you there? Yeah, it's it's usually yeah Thunder by the Bay. I think it's a couple of weeks before okay uh, the Greek festival. I think it's before. But but yeah, that that was we almost didn't go to Thunder by the Bay this year, and we wound up going, and then by chance seeing the two of you there. Yeah, yeah. that was great. It that was, was wonderful great. to reconnect. Yeah, oh, yeah, we haven't seen you in quite yeah. some time, so mm-hmm. um, yeah. life That's takes how we're here. takes its curve. <laughs> Absolutely right. So that one reacquaintance has mm-hmm. now developed into us, you know, talking yeah. more detailed about all sorts of fun stuff. So thank yeah. you so yeah. much. Getting to know you a lot You're better, right. in fact, right now. A lot of things we didn't oh, know about geez. you. But when we're riding motorcycles, you know, usually we meet up and then we go sit down and we ride. We're not. We can't. Talk Talk too much while we ride, and then we sit down and yeah. have lunch, and that's an opportunity to get to know one another. But usually, we're just too busy, just having loads of fun. Well, yeah, and it's not intimate where you have two or right. three couples. You know, you've right. got a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some some personalities are challenging. They just want to eat and go, and others, you know, want to hang out. You know, and so, but but yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's it's more intimate when it's just two or three couples. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. You really get to know each other. So absolutely right. So um, writing, I think you had mentioned initially, you're writing a 2010 Screaming Eagle. Yeah. I know I missed the model. Uh, Ultra Classic Screaming Eagle CVO. Okay. So yeah, nice ride. I think that's a little different. Yeah. Were you riding a soft tail when we did that ride? No, I rode a Road King Classic. Road King, oh. okay. All right. I knew it wasn't a, a limited or any big motorcycle like what you just described. So, cool. So, you've had some changes in your motorcycling and obviously riding yeah. in luxury now. <laughs> Part of the CVO yes, family. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I'd say I, I love it. I'll shoot you a picture of it real fast. But I absolutely love my bike and uh, I, I just wish I could ride more. Absolutely. You life know, life and, is busy. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, that's what we all uh, thirst for and want to do more. And we're working on some things to work less and ride more. Hopefully, we'll get that out here real soon. But yeah, that's what it's all about. If we can do as much as you know, riding as we can, hey man, that's that would be the best, right? Well, I agree. And of course, we, I think we were talking last time we spoke on the phone about we have an RV and we're actually selling the RV because we're going to buy one with more slide out. We mm-hmm. absolutely love the RV life and being able to either take the golf cart in our trailer behind the RV or the motorcycle. Mm-hmm. I remember we went up to Live Oak with the RV and we brought the motorcycle and we wound up going about a hundred miles that one afternoon and we're all the way to the Georgia border. Then we went to Lake city. We had a great ride. I mean, it just, we were just flying down the road and just enjoying the wind. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you, you created a little bit of a bug in us. And so yep. we had mentioned that we've, it's been in our mindset. It's been in it our hearts. It's been in, you know, we've talked a lot about it. And actually, you know, since that time, things are starting to develop a little more quickly than we anticipated for, yeah. for the RV life for us as well. So yeah. we're super stoked about that. And we will share once things yeah, really kind of really come happens, to fruition place, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, we're excited to jump on that bandwagon with you. Now, sure. I want to shift gears because, you know, when we talked to you and you actually, you and Sharon were out RVing at that time, yep. like you said, yep. you know, and as soon as things changed because of this coronavirus, you were really mm-hmm. quite honestly the first person that came to my mind because I remember hearing that the state parks were um, closing and I wasn't sure whether or not you were RVing in a state park or not, but I just, you were the, you and Sharon were the first ones that said, oh no, you guys are trying to go get some R&R and unwind yeah. and, and distance. And all of a sudden now this may mean that you've got to change that strategy and that plan for the weekend. Well, did that impact you guys? It did because, uh, I know, I, as you know, I had the virus and I caught it at one of two places. I either caught it at the RV park in Arcadia Oh. Uh, when I was in the office, because there was nobody was six feet apart, uh, and uh, but we had a wonderful trip, and that's when we talked last on the phone while we were there, Peace River, and okay. or I got it from the supermarkets because uh, my wife wanted me to go out and look for toilet paper and paper towels and other paper products, <laughs> and I was going to any store I possibly could, oh, yeah. and I think that put myself more at risk, mm-hmm. and of course I wound up with the virus. I can't be one hundred percent sure, but you know I don't know anybody else that's got it. I don't know anybody who knows anybody that's got it that's yeah. in Florida. I know New Jersey and New York, but not here. Right. So I, I am truly blessed. <laughs> so. <laughs> I was going to say you're one in like a, one in like a trillion or well, something. Oh like, my god! A few yeah. hundred, a few in this area, truly, because Billion it hasn't anyway. been a really big spread in our local area. And that's interesting yeah. because I remember on our call that when you guys were out in Arcadia, Chuck had mentioned be, because the crisis was taking place, it was shaping up very quickly. Yeah. And he had mentioned if you'd been out to the Walmart in that area to see whether or not the shelves <laughs> were stocked. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and uh, hadn't you been. hadn't been. Yep. yet so no that's interesting no, and one of the things is once we set up the rv you know we're set up and unless we take the golf cart to a close enough store or we bring the motorcycle you know we're pretty much there mm-hmm. and i felt and we talked about this i felt that that was the best place for us to be because we're out in nature we right, weren't bothering right. it was just me and my wife and our dog uh, you know we love taking him camping as a good camping dog he's our tripod we have yeah. two mm-hmm. tripod animals and uh, he just loves it so we figured we were in the best place that we could be. Mm-hmm. Now you can't. Now you can't go anywhere with the RV, uh, you know, for a while, mm-hmm. which is fine. We're we're going to be putting ours on the market anyway. Uh, we have our eyes on another one, but I'm not going to buy one unless I can sell ours. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, we just love it. You know, it's uh, it's a great lifestyle. If we can go, our goal was one weekend a month. So last year, 2019, we actually did ten trips. And, and that was nice. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. Ten, well, some of them were just for weekends down in Venice mm-hmm. or in Arcadia. Gotcha. Uh, we went to Lake uh, uh, Lake uh, Waldina in Ocala. That was wonderful. Mm. Right on the lake mm. with a Western view. Uh, and then we went to Live Oak uh, for New Year's. That was a great time. And uh, and we just love it. You know, we, we, you have to have a golf cart, though. You know, yeah. some of these campsites are huge, oh. you know, and it's just, and especially you go Christmas time. Everybody's got it decorated. You go around, you talk to people, and <laughs> we, we we went to what we call uh, what they call a camp crawl. The weekend that you and I talked right. when we were there, we didn't realize there was a camp crawl. We didn't even know what one was. <laughs> and I've heard nice. of a bar crawl, but not a camp crawl. Yeah. Right. And there was about fifty campsites. People had booze, food, everything. Oh my God, we had a blast. Oh, and of course, our, yeah, and our dog is a tripod. We put the back seat down and put his bed there, and he sits on the back there and watches. Everybody comes over, and of course, they all love Harley. Uh-huh. And and uh, they find out he's a tripod, and he was coming to our people were coming to our site to see Harley, <laughs> you know. And uh, he he's just everybody loves him. That's great. So, yeah. but yeah, Sounds that like that was a lot of fun. fun. Man. Sounds yeah. like it. got to meet a lot of different people. Probably try some different well, foods, drinks, and everything. It, Sounds like wonderful. We, we we met one guy down in Venice, and it turns out he lives right behind us. Him and his wife, great Isn't people. It? That's great. It's not a small world. So, and of course, we like to relax. We like to drink. We like to cook good food. Yeah. And mm-hmm. usually, we'll usually we'll take turns cooking meals. Like if you guys went with us, uh, and we went for two full days. 
you know, one would be in charge of a breakfast and, and, a, and a dinner, and the other one is breakfast and a dinner. Sure. And this way, you don't have to bring a ton of food, and you, you don't have to cook all the meals. That's so cool. it works out really well. Yeah, mm-hmm. sounds yeah. like it. So yeah, and the last the, the last time we went into Arcadia too, there was a food truck there. Oh my god, that was good. Yeah. Oh my god, I got a food truck. So yeah, well, we felt bad for these people. Huh. They were down in in Fort Myers for a three week function that was canceled, and it was the husband, the wife, and the kid, the son. And we felt bad for them, so we supported them and ate a bunch of meals there and just brought a bunch of our food home that we had in the freezer. Mm. So that's but, yeah. great. So, <laughs> as someone, one of really, it's really one of few people in our local area like that have said, had an impact or been in, been affected by it. How has that impacted you? Did you start to have the symptoms that they're you know talking about publicly? Well, Did you not my, you know, share a little bit about that with uh, us? Yeah, well, my back started bothering me a little bit. Then uh, on the 23rd, uh, we took our animals to the vet where our daughter works, and I was fine. Then at nighttime, I had a low-grade fever, a 101.6, and then I developed a dry cough. And I had a fever for six nights in a row. During the day, it was off and on, but at the, the early evenings when it really came on. And I took a lot of cough drops uh, to suppress the coughing. And, uh, and then I wound up with the hiccups for six days. Oh, so, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So oh, I, went, I, 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 I say I went to, uh, and that was because I ate a spicy pickle. It had nothing to do with the coronavirus. And <laughs> so, yeah. I'm like, that's a symptom I haven't heard of before. <laughs> oh, so, oh my wow, God. Yeah, I'll make, sure, make sure your listeners know that. The pickles <laughs> are okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh-huh. But, uh, you know, an empty stomach and I, you know, so. I went through nine days of hell mm. between the virus and the hiccups. Mm-hmm. And now I feel great. Like today, uh, you know, we've been doing yard work. We're really landscaping the house. And I, I, I have to wait 14 days from the 25th before I can take the test again. Uh, so that hopefully Friday I'll be able to take the test again. And I need two negative results in a row. No okay. closer than five days uh, before they say I'm in the clear. So uh, I, I can tell you it was kind of like having a mild flu. Okay. okay. You know, if, if I were to give you something that you can relate it to, it's like a mild flu. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but uh, I didn't have a high fever. The worst fever I had one day was a 102.2. Okay. But okay. I was wrapped up in a quill watching <laughs> Netflix, you know, and I, yeah. I was sweating, you know. Uh-huh. I remember right. as a kid, my father used to give us ouzo and wrap us in a blanket and make us sweat it out oh, whenever yes. we had a fever. That's, that's how it. I do so, it, too. Yep. That's yeah. exactly how I do it. Yep. So if you yeah. don't mind, uh, you know, yeah. part, part of the things that, that goes through my mind and maybe it goes through some of our listeners' minds. So what did you do? Did you call the number? Did you show up somewhere? Tell us a little bit about how that process worked and what well, they gave you, if anything, that kind of thing. Well, I kind of I figured something wasn't right. So I contacted my doctor's office uh, and they, they said I cannot take the test for the coronavirus, but they did want to test me for the flu and for the strep throat. I know strep throat is like eating glass. Mm-hmm. I knew I didn't have right. strep throat. Mm-hmm. So, so I go to this place on Manatee Avenue, and they come out in a hazmat suit. You can't get out of your car. Uh, and they do your test, and then 10 minutes later, they come out, and she said I was negative on both. Then she asked me if I was high risk, and I said yes, that my daughter is an LPN. She worked in the doctor's office, that they did testing, and that the guy, I used that teledoc thing, yep. and he felt that my daughter may have brought it home on her. Mm. Oh, Okay. So I told them what this guy said. So she goes, okay. Now, first they said they had no test. All of a sudden, she has a test, and she did the test. Mm. Well, I didn't get the results until nine days later. By the time I got the results, I'm feeling good. Right. Right. Wow. Nine you days. Know, and, yeah. And, I, you know, I took some leave. Uh, I think I mean, I'm mostly relaxers for the hiccups. And outside of that, just lots of fluids, lots of rest. There was nothing they can do for me. It, Unless I was having respiratory problems, there's nothing they can do for you. You just got to walk right out the storm. Yeah. Okay. So no respiratory issues causing you to need any help with breathing. So, no. you know, it's just a cough, which is an, an interesting concept. So, we, we're, you know, I think everyone's hearing the oh, worst so case many. scenarios yeah. of it all. And, you yeah, know, but, you're um, not in that risk age category, I don't think, quite yet. But, oh, and you're, no. And you're fairly healthy. So, you know, you know yeah. everyone's worried about uh, am I, if I get it, am I going to be that worst case scenario? And some may and some won't. But, you know, I think you have demonstrated that it, it's not, it, it could be not as bad as everything we're hearing in the media. Yeah. So it's, and it's you, nice. And to you hear. hear, 
and you've heard that they said some people probably had it, didn't even know it. Right, right. You know, so so yeah, Sharon, when we were camping, she didn't feel good for two days. You know, just felt a little under the weather, nothing major. Okay. For all I know, she could have she could have had it. I don't know. Right. right. So she hasn't been tested or yeah, well, she got tested and it turned out the swab thing was the older test. So they they, they wouldn't do it. So today her and my daughter drove to Raymond James Stadium to get tested. Okay. Okay. And and I ha- I have to get tested Thursday or later, so I couldn't go there with them today. Mm. Okay. So so because you're in the same household, uh, you know, is the understanding I guess in the medical world that they probably have had it to yeah. some degree, and it's just a matter of you it's, know making sure you possible. all isolate and everything yeah. properly, so it doesn't yeah. keep going back. It'll and be forth. interesting to hear those results. That's to find absolutely, out. yeah, to hear the rest of the story. Yeah, you know, and, and it's it's funny because I, like I said, I'm a fairly healthy guy. And, uh, you know, you hear all the horror stories right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people dying are people who have some underlying issues. Mm-hmm. Now you're hearing about younger people dying. Well, you know, I, I don't know the circumstances, so I really can't comment. All I know is we're doing everything we're supposed to do. Uh, I mean, we even took the dog to the dog park yesterday in the morning, and there were about 20 people there between a large dog pen and a little dog pen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, I was the only one with a mask on. Oh, you know, and, and while people are five, five, six feet apart, you're still, if you're talking and somebody's downwind from you, right. it's like, what the heck? You know, yeah. so, and then I even commented to my, to my wife over a week ago, I'm in Walmart, and I think I saw two people with a mask on out of all the people that are hanging out in Walmart. Mm. And, you know, and, and one guy was walking, he had a sweatsuit on, he had his stomach exposed, looked like he was sweating, no mask on, and he's walking into Walmart. Wow, you know, so people aren't taking it seriously. So we are, though. We've been we've been doing everything we're supposed to do. We've been staying in the house. We have no need to go to the store. Neighbors actually, my wife's going to make cookies tonight, and our neighbor's going to get us some butter. Oh. You know, <laughs> I, gave, I gave him some of my sauce. So it's <laughs> <laughs> the barter, the food bartering's happening right now with the neighbors. Uh, I love yeah, it. You'll get Wait, better value yeah. for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait till you have my sauce. You know, it's, a, it's unlike anything you will have ever had. Oh, gosh. So, well, can't I can't but, wait. And it was so thoughtful for you to think of us and have some for us. So uh, we're so excited. <laughs> my pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. And another uh, thing, you know, you mentioned uh, you said you took some a leave. And then there was that big thing. Go, you know, I even posted something on Facebook about it. Something people said, don't take a leave. But you took a leave and you're a survivor. I, Didn't make it I worse for leave. you. Yeah, I took a leave. Uh, the the, the teledoc, I forget his name. Right. Uh, I, you know, he was from Pakawakistan or wherever, but he was a really nice guy. <laughs> and and he said to take a leave, so that's what I did. I was taking Tylenol before mm-hmm. because my back was bothering me. And I said to my wife, I said, I got a kidney stone because oh, the way wow. my back was bothering me. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that wasn't it. But I swear that's you know at the time that's what I thought. I honestly did not think that me would ever get the coronavirus because I was taking the precautions and, uh, you know, I'm healthy and it really hadn't hit in Florida, uh, you know, up until that time. So really, if you look at, they say it can stay up to nine days on any surface and it could take up to two weeks before it shows itself in your system. So the 23rd was the first time in March. So really any day in the month of March, I could have gotten this. Right. So what is interesting about that, I think, is because knowing you, just who I know, is that Mm -hmm. I would have anticipated you caught it through your profession because you're a realtor and you're with people all the time and in those close proximities and opening and touching door handles and all the things that realtors do. So I would have truly anticipated that that would have been probably more likely where you could have gotten it, but interesting. Yeah. Well, let me talk about that for a moment. First of all, your business comes and goes in waves when you're in real estate. You know, Mm -hmm. you work commission only. And, you know, it, it's feast or famine. So if you don't know how to manage your money, then you're in the wrong business. Right. Uh, you know, I always say there's a there's an extra towel of the car washing away from dry when it come out. Uh, I understand, you know, about being around people a lot, flu season. So this particular time I was showing houses to a very dear friend of ours. And I brought the um, hand sanitizer with me. Mm-hmm. And everyone, each house, I gave a dab of hand sanitizer, you know. So. Yeah. Good for you. We did what we had to do, you, you know, to, yeah. and yeah, and you know, it, it's weird. I, like, I don't even know if this is like a chicken pox. You get it once and you're done, right. uh, or if you can get it again. I've got to find that out. Right. Uh, you know, I, I keep hearing both sides of that story. But as a realtor, uh, especially uh, Barry Grooms is the state president for Florida Realtors, a very dear friend of mine, and 
you know, he just put out a video too. And they're very concerned over this. And, and, and I'm a state instructor for Florida as well. And but we're not teaching classes. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we're not, we're, we're just now doing some online classes. I don't do them. I, I'm more the in-person type instructor, mm-hmm. but we're, we're, we've taken all of the precautions. And of course we're doing a lot of, you hear a lot of realtors doing virtual uh, showings and we don't do open houses anymore. Right. And I, I can't see me and my wife looking for a house and me saying, Oh honey, look, I just bought a house for us today. Look, here's the pictures. Right. You know? yeah. Let's do a 360 <laughs> view of that room and I'll show you what it looks like. I uh, just yeah, don't get it. Yeah. About, yeah, talking about grounds for divorce. If she can't kick the tires, we're not buying a house. You know? <laughs> so true. <laughs> I totally get that. <laughs> so, but it is a challenging business to be in during these times. And a lot of realtors are going to be suffering financially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had a lot of new realtors getting into business. I do the new member orientation for the association here locally. And uh, you know, you have a lot of people getting into business and they're really getting in at a, at a very challenging time. Sure. Yeah, no doubt. Mm. Well, you've got a full line of credentials. I noticed on that uh, email you sent over to us. I mean, I think you like had two pages of credentials <laughs> or something that's at the bottom of that email. You well, want to share with I mean, our listeners some of the things that you do, Steve? Well, let me put it to you this way. I, I, I love what I do. I absolutely love what I do. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you, you can't only think of your paycheck. You've got to give back. Mm-hmm. And I've always believed in in improving leadership skills and your knowledge and education. Always believed in that. So some of my credentials would be currently I'm on the uh, the board of directors for the local association and also for the state of Florida Realtors. I'm a Florida Realtor faculty, which means I'm an instructor. I was the first male president of the Women's Council of Realtors in Manatee County. Interesting. Well, that's yeah, quite a position to be in, the lead yeah. male of the women's group. Boy, how did you position that, mister? It's a tough life, I'll tell you. Oh, Someone's got to tread the way. That's a story in and of itself, uh, I'm I'd sure. Yep. Oh, I, I, we could talk for hours. But, uh, I also won the, I won the President's Award for the Association in 2016, the Spirit Award for uh, uh, REMAX Alliance Group in 2019, I believe. And, uh, you know, I, I've done a bunch of other things. I've been on the board of directors for the Humane Society in Manatee County. That's why I've got all these tripods and other, you know, rescue animals. And I was also on the board of directors many years ago for CareNet in Minnesota, which was a Christian-based pregnancy center. And one of the things I talk about when I teach the new members uh, that are new, newly licensed realtors, I always tell them, give back. If everybody gave back in, into one charity function, everybody. Just think of how wonderful this world would be. No doubt about That's it. That's so true. I'm not saying you've got to put a lot of money into it. Some of it requires no money. It just requires time. Right. Uh, but if everybody did something, this world would be a wonderful place. So, yes, you look at my email, and I've got a lot more credentials and all, but you know, I, I hate talking about those things. But we are in a self-promoting business. Correct. Uh, and, and, and I just uh, I just like to give back, and I love leadership roles, and I love being around winners. And mm. I'm actually developing a speech about that. But I love being around winners. I love. I, it. I always said, I always said I wanted to be the dumbest person in the room, you know, because if I'm the dumbest person in the room, I'm surrounded by greatness. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely, it's a whole different perspective. That's it's true. it's bigger than the glass half full, half empty yeah. concept. You know, yeah, I'm surrounding myself with those that I want to be like and be more like and and mm-hmm. really learn from. So yeah. that's that's a Absolutely. fantastic way to look at the, the at things. So uh, in closing, we obviously are cut for time. So I just want to yes. make sure that we get everything in because this was very last well, we minute. We could keep going like you and said. And we certainly you know? could. And we'll have we'll we'll Steve back any, on. So sir, I, I definitely have a feeling that Steve will be back in a couple of different capacities moving forward. So we just want to thank you. Is there anything else? First of all, we want to to make sure that everyone knows how to reach you as a professional realtor in this time, because you uh, realtors, whether people realize it or not, are still essential personnel. Right. So you, we are biz- Yes, we yes. are essential. We are business yourself. Uh, and because of, we didn't even talk about my experiences, which include former real estate appraiser, mortgage broker, short sale negotiator, trainer. So I, I have a very well-rounded experience in this business. And uh, you know, but the easiest way to get in touch with me, you can Google me, but I work for Remax and my phone number is 941-518-6450. And of course, my email is real original, steve.zeris at gmail.com. Zeris, now spell that because people may not know on the radio if you would. Yeah, that would be Z as in zebra, E-R-I-S as in Sam. 
typical Greek name ends in an S. <laughs> All right. Wonderful. Yep. And that is Steve the Greek. So thank you yep. so much for joining us, Chuck. Did you have My anything pleasure. else? Well, I got a tons more. Of course. Uh, you know, we could, like Steve said, we could keep we going could talk, on and we on. We could talk for days, probably. Um, but we actually met through the uh, local hog chapter, and that's how we yes. met Steve. And right. then we ran into Steve as, as we talked about at Thunder by the Bay. Well, you, you wanted to explain hog because some people might be uh, some people might be thinking we're talking about Weight Watchers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> especially if they saw my picture. Right? Oh goodness, <laughs> that's too I was funny. Of humor, as you can see. Yeah. yeah, and we love it. That's what makes the world go round. So yeah. the local hog chapter previously was actually Manatee Rivers hog Isn't chapter. That? So Harley yeah. Owners Group, and um, they've now converted to Minnesota because they joined forces with Sarasota under one umbrella of ownership and leadership. And so it's now Minnesota yeah. hog chapter. So, yep. yep. Yeah. And we, we're probably very similar in the fact that we just don't have a chance to get out and ride much or as often as we'd like. But, you know, those, yeah. those foundational relationships that you make in the riding community as everyone that's listening to the show today can see is that, you know, we're not just a motorcyclist, even though this is Biker Life Radio with Chuck and Deb, you know, yeah. that's what we love to do. And that's the common thread that sometimes just brings us to, to know one Correct. another, yep. but it's yeah. not really who we are in our biggest form. And so there's so much more to what we do other than just yeah. riding the motorcycle. So yeah. we're, right. we're so grateful that we've had a chance to meet and reconnect and then have you yeah. on the show. And we're even more, we're even more grateful, Steve, that you're doing well. Absolutely. That's the I mean, you know, when we first heard, you know, we had some concerns because we didn't know exactly what your situation was. But right. you sound great. Sounds like you're doing good. And we're so grateful sure. and thankful that, that you really are. And things are getting better for you. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Yep. You bet. Well, stay safe and stay healthy. And please keep everyone informed as how things go with your healing process and getting over it. So and send our, we send our love and hugs to Sharon as well. Yes. And we'll be Sounds in touch, good. Steve. Yeah, we'll talk All real right. soon. Thanks so much. Appreciate you. you so much, man. Mm-hmm. Take care. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, Rider Coach Deb here. Just wanted to take a quick minute and share with you something that I have found that is a phenomenal safety item that every rider that rides with a helmet will want to have for their own safety and protection on the road. It's called the InView Wireless Brake and Turn Signal Light. It's designed to attach to your helmet, as I mentioned, and it syncs up directly with your brake lights and turn signals so that the car drivers that just seem to miss the signals that we put on will now be able to see it because it's right at eye level on your helmet. They're designed with ultra bright LEDs. As I mentioned, it is programmable and it works in conjunction with your brake lights and turn signals from the motorcycle. It's very easy to install and simple to use. So if you would like to find out more and get information about the InView, be sure and visit chucknndebshow.com forward slash InView and in the ordering process, put in coupon code BIKERLIFE. Again, chucknndebshow.com forward slash InView and utilize coupon code BIKERLIFE to get a great discount on the InView. All right, now it's time for... Dutch Van Alston, the author of Demons Rising, the story of the Wayward Scout, book number one in the Life Behind Bars book series. And his up-and-coming book number two is Rebellious Youth, the story of the lost child. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. It's time for Raw and Unapologetic. Of course, I still respect you. Is your husband home? <coughs> okay, I'm sorry. Where am I? <clears throat> okay. Oh, okay, here we go. Uh, tis I, lover of motorcycles, eater of barbecue ribs, and all-around swell guy. Speaking... <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm still half awake. Speaking to you with my two usual co-hosts, Eloquence and Grace, and we speak from the sound studios, known as Dutch's Man Cave, located in his penthouse along the sun coast of Florida. As stated, I am Dutch Van Alston. I am the author of Demons Rising, the story of the Wayward Scout, book number one in the Life Behind Bars book series, and I am raw and unapologetic. And I will add fully awake to that now. And I'm also the author of the soon-to-be-published book number two of the Life Behind Bars book series, Rebellious Youth, the Story of the Lost Child. That book is now in the hands of the very talented copy editor, Ms. Joyce Mokri. Uh, I've heard nothing thus far, which means either A, she is crying too hysterically at my uh, third-rate attempt at grammar and my uh, 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 use of split infinitives and 
wading through my misuse of gerunds and my gratuitous use of commas and all that kind of stuff. And all that has her so frazzled that she's crawled inside a bottle of wine or my writing is very polished and there's no need for corrections. So I do hope that nice lady has plenty of Kleenex and a working corkscrew. I am working on the cover for book two uh, as we speak. Given that the book's subtitle is um, The Lost Child, Rebellious Youth, The Story of the Lost Child, um, I decided to have a cover reflect that. It's going to be one lone biker sitting on my shovel head who is around the age of the main character, Elf. Uh, and I'm going to have him either sitting on it or leaning on it. or, But either, either pose, he's going to be looking down toward the ground a little bit. And my very talented graphic designer will etch in a, I don't want to say ghostly, but like a spectral image of a ragged little boy, oh, five years old or so, and he's going to be looking up at the man on the bike. Uh, then the backdrop will be an authentic-looking biker bar, so authentic uh, that it'll be a real one. That looks like one because, well, it is. And that, of course, is my... Uh, very favorite haunt, the Ride Hard Saloon in Bradenton, Florida, owned by my friend Jesse James. Uh, it doesn't just look authentic, it just plain is. And uh, my friend Jesse, he is just uh, keen on the whole idea. Uh, so as I said, I need a guy who fits that biker persona around Elf's age, which again is in the early 40s. Uh, therefore, clearly, an old, fat, bald guy like yours truly can't do it. Uh, I put out a request on Facebook, and I got to tell you, the response was overwhelming. I was I was very surprised. Uh, there are some bad-looking rough dudes out there, and it was uh, it really was hard to pick one. I got to say, uh, but I had to. Uh, I just I really did juxtapose a lot of the pictures, and I studied who would capture what I was looking for most. And strangely enough, it turned out to be a Canadian. Uh, but I want to thank uh, many of you for your participation. Uh, Sugar Schaefer had a good picture. Will McGuigan had a good one. Lee Haygood. Uh, Chris Wages. I Just just too many to count. Um, but the Canuck I picked is uh, Kit Andrew. And he, too, personifies uh, exactly what I'm looking for. And he's graciously accepted to uh, help me out. And he's going to put up with a long photo shoot with yours truly. With the ever-so-talented photographer, Jen Zazum. Uh, Jay-Z the photographer. I, I, I just can't do that last name. Uh, this is going to take place uh, April 11th, and I hope early enough a day before the alcoholic beverages permeate the crew, because we got to get this done. Um, so, on to new news, which is old news. Some moron. Huh? No, no, dear, I didn't mean you. No, I didn't call you. Nope, didn't say your name. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let me try this. Some woman with a killer bod. <laughs> nope, still not talking to you, Bubbles. <laughs> this is actually kind of fun. Uh, anyway, I had a person say to me, how come you don't talk about the corrupt? And it was right about then is when I slugged him. Because I just, I, I don't want to talk about, in the precious few minutes that I have on the air, I, I, I understand it's extremely serious. And it's nothing to take lightly. And, and I encourage anyone who doesn't have to leave their home not to do so for a while. I get it. Uh, people are dying, that's a fact. But I can't be part of the hysteria or the negativity. I, I watch as politicians try to cash in, in both financially and trying to just like strip away human rights. Uh, $35 million for the Kennedy School of Arts uh, attempted to find its way into the relief bill. Mayors and sheriffs are trying to suspend gun sales until the quote, crisis was over. Uh, what the fornicate does one have to do with the other? Nothing. It's it's just an excuse to gin up fear so politicians can manipulate people into just panicking and agreeing to anything. I mean, this is not the first time this has been tried on the world stage. Uh, example, do you see your paycheck weekly and all that money that the government quote unquote withholds and then they graciously give back you some of your own money at the end of the year? That withholding never happened until Franklin Roosevelt said, uh, because of the war effort, we need to have a steady stream of tax revenue, and we just can't allow the citizens to pay what they owe at the end of the year anymore. But once the war is over, 
it'll go back to the way it was. Okay, 75 years later, the Nazis are gone, the Japanese surrendered, the sailor kissed the nurse, it's over. And yet, fear gave us acceptance of such things like this. I mean, all the time, the Patriot Act after 9-11, etc. So I, I wasted enough time on this. I, I try to entertain and sometimes inform, but I'm not piling on the panic. Okay, there's a good use of alliteration for you. Panic people, again, look at that alliteration. Panic people develop like a learned helplessness. And then they lose their objectivity, and that ruins what should be a natural skepticism. You know, researching this, you know, or that, or, you know, the vaccine treatments, prevention, etc. I mean, not only leads to bad information, but just added stress you don't need. Yes, it's serious. But don't let it consume your every waking thought, folks, okay? And leave the medical mask for the healthcare workers, please, okay? You don't need one for Walmart. Masks are primarily so you don't spread it to others, not the other way around. And that's not my opinion. That's a Dr. Fauci thing or Fauci thing or whatever his name is, the little short guy with the glasses. Uh, the fact is, as overly glib as this may sound, the key is wash your hands well and do it often. Keep your hands and fingers out of your eyes and mouth. Minimize contact. Everything else is just add into the stress. It really is. You know, there's a difference between uh, understanding the gravity of something and being flat out scared. Uh, there's a term in psychology, okay? Stay awake. Don't be me at the beginning of this segment. All right, just, just bear with me for a second. There's a term called cognitive dissonance. Uh, no, no, sorry. Uh, cognitive distortion. Cognitive dissonance is a little different. Uh, cognitive distortion, in, in layman's terms, um, let me start with this is why I don't give seminars across the globe on this stuff. Um, but here's an indisputable truth for you, okay? Are you ready? People do not react to situations and experiences. No? That doesn't make any sense? Well, here it is. Think about this. People react to their interpretation of the situation or experience. It's just plain true. I, I love that episode of Seinfeld where there was a minor fire in the trash can and um, George started screaming, fire, fire, and ran and knocked down this little old lady with a walker while others just acted calmly. It's the exact same situation and allowing for outliers such as people's past trauma, blah, blah, blah. It's pretty much the exact same problem for everyone in the kitchen. So George reacted not to the fire, but his interpretation of it, which was catastrophic, as his character did often. I mean, that's a, that's an example of cognitive distortion, misreading the seriousness of something and reacting to that misreading of it. Uh, it creates like an, I mean, an unreasonable or like a disproportionate response to things, or, or at the very least, like on the edges of the norm. I mean, perhaps different, but not extreme. Now, most people aren't George Costanza, and they have a healthy cognitive response process, believe it or not. Most people really are basically reasonable and moderately emotionally balanced. I may not be one of them, I understand. Uh, I mentioned to a friend in Rochester a few nights ago that I was staying in on the weekend and just writing, uh, spending some time with the girls, reading, just trying to entertain myself. I do take my motorcycle for a ride, which endangers nobody, nor does it go against any state or federal recommendation. Uh, I hear others say uh, that's not true, but that is just their cognitive distortion that keeps them from understanding no social rules are being broken by Dutch riding his motorcycle. All right, they're just not. But anyway, she said to me, I thought you really didn't care about this corona crap. And I said, well, I mean, that's not true. I am I, keeping contact at a minimum. I'm washing my hands. I'm not being reckless and possibly hurting others. I mean, there's a difference between respecting the gravity of any situation and being fearful. I just absolutely refuse uh, to be guided by fear in anything. I, I don't like that feeling, and that usually happens only when uh, any behavior I can, uh, like, I, I, where I can't change the situation. Uh, I find out my girlfriend is cheating. Now, that would cause fear, believe it or not. Uh, men will say it's anger, but anger is not an emotion, contrary to what y'all think. It's a reaction to an emotion, which is almost always fear. Uh, but if that happened, and it has, it's fearful in an odd way. 
because there's nothing I can fix or prevent, and I am powerless over it. That's that's scary. Uh, let me give you a few quick. Is that's the time? All right. Let me give you some examples of where I wasn't afraid, but very respectful of the dangers I was in. Okay, this is an example of a proper response to a situation without minimizing the trouble. You know, we don't want simple answers to complex problems, but sometimes that's all we have for now. I mean, that's just the way it is. Uh, one of my accidents, the one in Rochester, uh, because that's the only one I can really remember that uh, I've mentioned that a that a some ditzy moron. It, it, huh? Nope. Still not talking to you, Bubbles. Nope. A different ditzy moron. She hit me, um, and I would mention that she hit me from behind on the interstate. Uh, of what I do remember, I remember being like confused, but natural instincts let me know that I'm involved in something bad and not fully understandable. But do you know what I recall? I recall, of course, sliding and rolling down the interstate, you know, as the pavement tore off my skin, and consciously thinking, I need to land, for lack of a better word, under the Monroe Avenue Bridge and off the highway because I'm going to get run over if I just lie there in the interstate. People are just zooming up and down. And, you know, they're just, it's, it's inevitable. And I really tried to will myself to the right while sliding. And there I landed. I mean, it may have been pure luck, maybe not. But I also knew to keep my head off the road as best I could. I mean, my point is I reacted in a way that didn't involve panic. Fire! Fire! You know, and, and even as I lied there, I had the wherewithal to get my helmet off, which didn't have a scratch on it, by the way. And, uh, uh, of course, what do you think my first reaction was? Like any good biker. Hmm? Exact, Bubbles is exactly right. How is my motorcycle? First thing I thought of as I'm laying there with, you know, blood all over the place and parts of my body that are pointing in directions that shouldn't have been, and I want to know how my bike was and can you get it out of the highway so it's safe. And the next thing I knew is I, I did not want to go to Rochester City Hospital. I insisted the ambulance take me to Strong Memorial, which was way across town. Uh, I'm telling you, if I was shot in the parking lot of City Hospital, I would insist on being transferred elsewhere. I mean, I would take Dr. Nick Riviera over that place. And a little Simpsons humor for y'all. And, and what do you think, Mike? I, I, I mean, just... <sighs> I mean, the other oh, time we got here, the other situation I want to discuss involved me in the club days alone. I got surrounded one night by a not friendly club by six members of their club and a little old me insisting that I take my patch off. And in this situation, again, I reacted knowing full well, full well. Oh, my God, I'm in trouble here. For, what? For all the. What the hell are you doing? Put the knife down. No, 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 no. Use your finger. I I get it. I get it. You don't actually use a knife when you're symboling cut. Okay? We've talked about this. All right. Bubbles is saying I don't have enough time to finish. I know. I know. I tend to bloviate at times. Okay. Let's... I'm going to tell you what. We're going to do a part two of Dutch next week. All right? Let's pick this conversation back up next week because I do want to tell the story. All right? Um... Because it's it's pertinent and relevant to what I'm talking about, about not panicking and adjusting your mind to what's going on, knowing it's serious but not panicking. All right. So, all right. So we'll do part two next week. All right. So until then, folks, enjoy life as much as you can. All right. Things will go back to normal someday. Don't buy into the hysteria that will never, never, never go back to interacting and such. Humans are social creatures by nature, and this too shall pass. All right, until then, just be careful, aware, but don't let it consume your every waking moment, please. All right, and I will finish that story next week because it is an excellent example about being respectful of my current danger without resorting to panic, which is always, always a wrong answer. All right, perfect time to end this. I'm calling it a day. Uh, don't forget to like on my Life Behind Bars book series Facebook page. Please visit my website, www.dutchvanalston.com, and peruse my book. Uh, sign up for my newsletter. Hit like on Biker Life Radio and the Chuck and Deb Show. And remember, they are two different pages, please. 
And uh, check out my Facebook page because I am going to offer my book up front and pay me later due to the whole uh, people having little to no disposable income but need to fill their time in with something. And a good book is a great start. Um, so I'm going to give people like to mid-July to even pay me. But I just want to get my book in other people's hands who need to fill their day up. Uh, so until next week, folks, remember, we can learn a lot from the weather. It pays no attention to criticism by a bunch of whiners. And neither should you. And from my bourbon-soaked brain to your ears, this is Yabba Dabba Dutch signing off. You've been listening to Biker Life Radio with Chuck and Deb, heard each Wednesday afternoon right here on 1490 AM WWPR. We thank you for listening and invite you to join us next week.